Rabbi Sai, good morning. A good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parsha Shmois. Parsha Shmois. In the middle of the month of Teves, uh, getting closer to the end of the month of Teves, and we're holding in Tavshin Pei Beis. And I, Baruch Hashem, have been zeichet to be able to return to Eretz Yisrael. I know for many of you in Chutzlar, it's people that had plans to come to Eretz Israel, to Israel, during the break and during the midwinter, and it's become very, very difficult because of the Amagran, or whatever the, the variant is called, and the closing of the of the airspace in Israel. And uh, the truth is, this is also an element of the Golis that we're living in, and uh, it's something that we all have to take stock and heed of really what's maybe the inner message of what HaKadosh Baruch was telling us, that uh, again, we see that there's a mechitza a, shabayrza, a, so to speak, a, a separation between the land of Israel and Achenu Kobes Yisrael and Chutz Laretz. And it doesn't mean that the people in Eretz Yisrael are necessarily better than the people in Chutz Laretz. It just happens to be that this is what the Rebbeinu is telling us, that there's some sort of disconnect. There's some sort of gullus that's going on within our world, and we have to feel the gullus. So it's very apropos that we're touching upon these points as we enter into Sefer Shmais, Sefer Shmais, which is the theme of the, the gullus of Klal Yisrael in Mitzrayim, the first gullus, and the gullus, which is really the blueprint for many of the Goliaths that Klai Yisrael goes through. The truth is, it's very, very hard to uh, just to get a snapshot of the parish, the parish of just Shmais. Shmais really spans over 80 years of history in the, the Jewish people. Just Moshe Rabbeinu himself, his birthplace takes place at this point. His meeting is running away from, from Paro, is running away to Midian. Is meeting Yisrael, is going into the desert and meeting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling him to return to his people. So there's so many, so many years of history. And uh, the Torah gives us snapshots. But we have to try to glean as much as we can lessons and chizuk, as we always try to do, to get some sort of divrei Torah. And also we'll have some stories and hopefully... We'll go into Shabbos <clears throat> with a more of an uplifting feeling and we'll be able to draw some inspiration from the parishes HaShavua. So I, I want to say over something which I said over yesterday in the shmuz that I gave in the yeshiva in Beit Shemesh. Torah begins, parasha begins, Ve'elish Shmuz B'nei Yisrael B'ayim Mitzrayim. speaks about the names of the people that are coming to Mitzrayim. In previous years we've spoken about this as well. The importance of the names, as Rashi says, it's the Chavivus, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is counting us, and we're, we're like Kachavim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu compares us to stars, and, um, and that's why we repeat again the names, because we want to say how important and how, uh, how choice we are in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But then the Torah says, Yaakov Ishu Beisobo, Yaakov, him and his household, they came down to Mitzrayim, we know there were 70 people that came down to Mitzrayim, and then it gives us a list of the Shvatim, Ruven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Rechulu, Daman, Aftali, God, Vashir, and everyone that comes down is to Yosef Mitzrayim, Meshiv, and Nefesh, including Yosef, Yosef, Hadi Mitzrayim, 
So he counts, him and his sons, they count up the final uh, the number to get to 70. And we always point out that really the language of the Torah is difficult to understand because the Torah starts out by saying, like a cloud, Yaakov, Isha, Beisobo, and then it says the names of the Shvatim. Really, it would have been better for the language of the Torah to say, Eila Shmos Bnei Yisrael Bayim Mitzrayim. Ruvain Shimon Levi Yehuda say the names of the Shmos Bnei Yisrael that came down to Mitzrayim, and then it should have ended off as Yaakov Ishu Beisubo. This all came out from Yaakov. These are all the members of his household. Why does it first say Yaakov Ishu Beisubo, then it says the names of the Shvatim? We're fond of saying over the word that we said over from Rav Shach Zatzal. Rav Shach said we see from here a great lesson that the, one of the key ingredients for us to be able to get through the Golas is the family connection, the strength of the Mishpacha, the strength of the Jewish family, and specifically Yaakov Avinu, as Yaakov Avinu is the, the patriarch, and when we have the patriarch with us, and that was the 17 years from last week's parsha, that created a definition and a role model for all of Klaiso, Klaiso was able to sit at the house, at the, at the table of Yaakov Avinu, and to be able to draw forth inspiration, and to be able to glean the lessons of Yaakov, and what Yaakov gave us, and therefore we were able to get through the Golas. And throughout the exiles, we always know that when we're connected with the family, when we have a connection with the Mishpacha, with parents and grandparents, and even great-grandparents, as we are zochet in our lives, we have to be thankful. I was zochet to know my grandparents, and my grandparents used to tell me stories about my grand, about my great-grandparents. I was zochet to, I was, excuse me, I was able to zochet to see my great-grandparents as a young child. And there's no question, all of those different, all those different ingredients and those, those wonderful, wonderful lessons that we can glean from the previous generations. They create a strength, they create a definition which allows us to go through the Golas. And that's why the Torah first tells us, Yaakov Ish Uvesobal. The first thing is, we got, how do we get down to, to Mitzrayim with Yaakov and the lessons of Yaakov Avinu? And then we can list the names of the particular Shvatim, particular Shvatim, just the outcome of Yaakov Avinu. So this is a great lesson that we, we said over and we continue to say over the importance of family and how important it is to strengthen the family. I was on the trip to America, able to spend time with my grandchildren in Cleveland, and just the bonding, just the spending of the time with the children and the grandchildren is something which is important. Rav Sternbach should be stark. Always tells me, he says to me, he says to me once, "Where are you going to be Yantif? I said, "I'm going to go to the to the children." So he says, "Ah, the best thing is the children should come to you. It's always best that the children should be able to see the grandfather." at his table to get the lessons. And that's what Rav Sturmach himself does. I am a little bit spoiled because the Rebbetzin and I, Baruch Hashem, we have many, many families and it's very hard for us to have everybody at one shot. So we try to split it up and we try to be together as much as we can with as many of our family members. But to have a Pesach Seder and to give lessons over to children and to grandchildren is such a schus. I'm going to give a bracha to everybody. Everybody should be zeicher. This should be the first lesson that we learn from the Parsha Shavua. This morning, uh, after davening, I was looking a little bit at the parsha, and like every time, you know, you learn the parsha and you think you know everything, and um, and as usual, you don't know everything. So we know that everyone were familiar with the story that Moshe Rabbeinu was plucked out of the the Nile by Bitya Bas She was brought into the 
house of Paro. He grew up in the house of Paro. And he became a prince in the house of Paro. And then the Torah tells us the famous story, Vahiba Yomimahem, in Shlishi, that's Perik Beis, Posigid Aleph, Vayigdal Moshe Moshe grew up. Ramban says, How old was he? He was 12 years old. He went out to his brethren, and he saw their afflictions. And this is the first lesson that we see that the savior of Claudiusville is someone that cares about Claudiusville. He's, he's pained by the suffering of he sees his, he sees from his brothers. And then he sees an Ish Mitzri who's hitting a Jewish person. I saw brought down that it wasn't because he wasn't doing his work. It was just because it was Ish Mitzri who saw an Ish Ivri. It was just because pure, unadulterated Sinas Yidin. This, which unfortunately, we've seen this model so often throughout the history. And this was like the first time the Torah tells it to us. But over here, the Torah tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu sees this, and he looks around, he sees there's no anybody, there's nobody else there, and he kills the Mitzri, and he hides him in the, and he buries him in the sand. And the next day, the Torah tells us, he goes out on the next day, but he He saw two, two Yidin were fighting with each other. And he says to one of them, Russia, why are you hitting your friend? And Rashi says he really wasn't hitting him, he was just raising his hand. And that was enough, because a Yid shouldn't even raise his hand against another person. He's also called a Russia. And then the Torah tells us, the Torah tells us, who's the, who's the one that appointed you as a leader over, over us? You're going to kill us the way you killed the Mitzri? So Moshe Rabbeinu was very afraid. He says, nah, now it's been revealed. So when I was learning this this morning, I said to myself, well, you know, it's really strange. Why would, uh, we know this was Dustin and Aviram. Dustin and Aviram turned to Moshe Rabbeinu and they said to him, who's making you the head chief over here to judge over us? You're going to kill us the way you killed the Mitzvah yesterday. The truth is, everyone knew Moshe Rabbeinu was the prince from the house of Paro. So yes, he has the rights. You got to be careful about him. He dressed like an Egyptian prince, and uh, why were they why why were they shortchanging him and saying, "Who are you to to be on top of us?" So I was bothered by this question, and I saw that revolt that uh, that uh, Rav Schwab and the Sefer Mayim Beis he brings down this kasha from his son Yosef, Rav Yosef Schwab. Should be good stark when I say it over Mayim right? And Rav Schwab says a fascinating thing. Schwab says a very deep thing. He says, we see that the power of sinner, the power of, of hatred is so great that the, hate, the hater can see the one that he hates and he's able to really like undress him. He's able to see his deep, dark secrets or his deep secrets. And Dustin and Aviram, they were able to see that really that Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, is not really a prince in, in, in the house of Paro. He's another Jew like them. And therefore, that, that hatred was able to bring out that insight. It could be that this flows with the concept that they saw Moshe Rabbeinu sticking up the previous day for their brothers, for a Jew, and they know that the Mida of a, of a Yid is to be a Rachman, but the Egyptian, Egyptian wouldn't care about, another, about, another, about a Jew being killed. Jewish blood was very, very cheap, as it's always been in the eyes of the Goyim.
So that was another proof that they were able to un, undress Moshe Rabbeinu's facade. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, when I say facade, it was, yes, because he really was, he had to act as if he's an Egyptian prince. He never revealed himself to Pirate that he's a Jew, that is really the daughter of Yocheved. So therefore he says, And now that he knows that this is a Dover, so therefore he's afraid. A Gavaldic and Gavaldic insight from Rav Schwab and a Gavaldic Pshat in the Torah. And I was Zaycha Baruch Hashem to see it this morning, so I wanted to share it with the Eilam. The Torah tells us that when, before Moshe Rabbeinu was born, it says that that Miriam and Yocheved were the, the, the maidservants, they were the, the nurses, and they saw what was going on with the Egyptians. Pyra told them to kill all of the boys and to throw them into the, into the Nile. They were afraid of HaKadosh Baruch That's what the Torah says it. Right? And they didn't listen to Pyro, and they, they brought them to life. Pyro was very upset with them, but he had no choice. And then the Pasuk says, It was when the Meyaldah saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Vayaslam Batim, Akadosh Baruch made for them houses. Rashes, what are the Batim? Batim Kahuna, Ulavia, Umalchus. They created for them, Akadosh Baruch said, the Schar, that you are doing this act of Messias Nefesh, you're going to be Zochat the great, great homes. I want to say over like this. I saw that Revolbi brings down that uh, really. Uh, why is the Torah telling us the schar, the reward that they get? There's so many times we find in the Torah, people did great events, and they get reward later on, but the Torah doesn't describe it. Why does the Torah need to describe the reward that Yocheved and Miriam got for what they did over here? So says a very interesting thing. He says that we know that from Yocheved comes out Moshe Rabbeinu. From Miriam comes out B'Tzalel. Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that's going to give the Torah to Klai Yisrael. B'Tzalel is the one that's going to build the Mishkan, eventually the Beis Amignosh. It's going to come out. The whole Sefer Shmais is really to bring us to the apex of what's going to take place later on, which is Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, which is going to change the whole dimension of Klai Yisrael. And especially the building of the Mishkan to bring the Shechina into the midst of Klal Yisrael, which is going to be through B'Tzalo. As the Ramban says in the beginning of the Hagdama to Sefer Shmais, the whole purpose is to bring us back to Milas Avaisam, which will only take place when we go through Matan Torah and we build the Mishkan. Therefore, over here, the Torah wants to tell us, you want to know where what's going to take place later on. There's going to be the giving of the Torah to Sinai, the greatest event in the history of Klai Yisrael. The building of the Mishkan and the Beis Amignosh, which is our sanctuary, which is the place that Kodesh Baruch resides, so to speak, together with Klai Yisrael in this world. These great events, you know where they started from? They all started from Shifra and Pua. Two Jewish women who decided to stand up for the Jewish nation and they cooed and they took care of the little children and there were Maisa Nefesh, that brought out the greatest act of the Geula, which is going to be Matan Torah, the Bate Levia, the Bate Kahuna. These are the things which emanate from a, a Jewish woman's tzitkis. I want to speak about uh, an event that took place this week 
a very close friend of mine, and it should be a schus for his late daughter, Sarit, Sarit Bas Yitzchak David, Bas Chanita. Her maiden name was Lapian. Her father, parents should be Gustav my good friend in Chavrusa, David Lapian, and his wife, Eishas Chayel Chanita. They lost a very special, special child, their oldest daughter, Sarit Fuld, who lived in Manchester, England, and she passed away at a fairly young age, 50 years old, suddenly, without any illness that she had had, just it was HaKadosh Baruch deemed fit, she should be taken away. And she was a wonderful, wonderful mother, and a wonderful grandmother, and a wonderful wife. And really, Eishas uh, Chayo, I knew her from the time she was a young child, and I saw some of the parents. She was a, not only a, a mother, but a grandmother. She had wonderful children, learning Torah and teaching Torah and Rabbanim and, and, and really doing great things. And she did wonderful things in her life. And her father told me that not only uh, was she involved with her family, she was a great Balas Chesed in the community in Manchester. It was a big loss for the community in Manchester. And there was a letter that was written by a friend just quoting some of the things that she said, how much she looked up to Miss Sarit Fuld, how she would bench the licht on, 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 on Erev Shabbos, and she would say, Tillim, but she always had time to speak to her friend, her friend that seems to be in Almana, and would take care of her. And someone said over that, if she, a friend that was Menachem, the family said that, they want to say that if this woman, Sarit, would have known on the last day of her life, that she was going to have her last day, she would not have changed one iota of her day because her day was filled with mitzvahs and maizim toivim and chesed. That's the greatest accolade that you can give. Rabbi said, the ishit, the nashin sitkaniyas, they're the builders of Klaizo, they built the Bate Kuna, the Bate Levia. I saw a story about another great woman who passed away on Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, Mrs. Carmel, the almana of Rabbi Aryeh Carmel, who was the chief disciple, chief Talmud of Rav Dessler, whose yard site was this week, and Rav Carmel was the one that wrote the Sefer Michtav Melio. Rav Carmel uh, was an Alman, and he remarried a woman who also was an Almana. And this Mrs. Elner was her maiden name. She just passed away this past week at a very, very old age. And she was born almost 100 years ago in the United States of America at a time when Yiddishkeit and keeping Yiddishkeit was not a simple thing, she married a Shomer Shabbos Yid, and they built a family in a small community, and they were makbed on Tyrus and Mishpacha. And there was a mikveh that was there, but the mikveh wasn't being used by anybody. It was an old, old mikveh. And her and her husband ended up reopening uh, it and, and putting it back to use, and she would use it, and she would get other people to use it. And only later on did they find out Unbelievable, that that mikveh was built by her grandfather who came to America at over 120 some odd years ago and he built a mikveh. And the mikveh, when he was around, was used, but then it fell into disrepair. And it ended up that because that mikveh that was built, I don't know exactly when it was built, but it was built, L'Shem Shemayim, she ended up using it many years later in her own married life. Just two mices, she would also do a lot of great things for Yiddishkeit. She, she, we'll, we'll say over this mice, just she remarried when she, she came to Eretzrol and she ended up with an almana with five children. She ended up marrying Rabbi Aryeh Carmel 
They lived in Bayit Vagan. Their children all ended up marrying Talmidei Chacham. I think she had five daughters. And she was known to be always Mechabit the Shabbos and Mechabit Talmidei Chachamim. Her and her husband, her husband had a business in America and he had a partner. And he didn't realize it, but the partner kept the store open on Shabbos. And one day, he, this Mr. Elner passed by and he saw that the store was open on Shabbos. He was so upset. Literally, he went home and he was crying and he had a heart attack. He didn't die from the heart attack, but he had a heart attack. That's how much he felt the desecration of Shabbos. He wanted to sell the business. He didn't have anything to do with the business. And one of the Rabbanim told him, no, you should buy the business, take out loans, buy the business. You should keep the business, but get the business and you'll keep Shabbos. And that's what he did. Ended up taking out big loans from the bank and kept Shabbos, the business prospered. And one day he came home, they always used to speak about they want to go to Eretz One day he came home and he said to his wife, you should know that I just paid back the last part of the loan. And I'm very, very happy I'm not a Balchov anymore. And now we can plan on going to Eretz Yisrael. And that night, unfortunately, he passed away, which sounds strange. L'chari should have gotten a lot of reward. We don't know the Cheshbonus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But this Mrs. Carm- this is Mrs. Elner at that point ended up moving by herself to Eretz Yisrael, moved to Bayit Vigan, ended up marrying this great person, Rabbi Carmel, and they built a Bayis Neman by Yisrael. Rabbi said, the Bate Kahuna, the Bate Levia, as we started off today's Devar Torah, how do we go into Eretz How do we go into Galus? We go with the Mishpacha, and we build Mishpacha, and we're Mechazik each other. We recognize that we have the Midas of Moshe Rabbeinu Rachmanim, B'nei Rachmanim, Baishanim Gomel Chasodim. And no matter what, no matter how difficult the Golos is, no matter what trials and tribulations we go through, we realize the Rabbanu Shalom is with us, and we're going to see Yeshua's. want to wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos, and hopefully we should see each other in Eretz Yisrael, together with Meshach Tzidkenu. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.